Well, good morning, everyone. Hallelujah. It's good to see you today in the house of the Lord. Just look at somebody next to you and say, you sure look nice today. Hallelujah. It's good to see you today in the house of the Lord. Man, as uh, uh, Pastor Vanessa said a while ago, we just came off a, a week's worth of prayer and fasting. What an amazing time we had here every night of the week. Amen. That's just been really amazing. It really has. If you did our averages, we averaged like 100 people for the week, every night of prayer and fasting. They say you can tell the strength of the church by your prayer meetings. Amen. And so we had people that just jumped out of work and came on up here, and we, we prayed and we fasted. And uh, how many are glad your fast is over for a little bit anyway? The rest of y'all didn't fast. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we just thank God. I, I, think, I think things are being stirred. Things are being confirmed. And things are about to be opened up. Amen. So we just thank, thank you for participating with us. Thank you for just making those sacrifices and coming down here every night. We had a one-hour prayer meeting every night. And many of you came, like I said, nearly 100 people every night. Some nights were over 100 people, but we just... Thank you for taking that time and pressing in with us. I think God will reward that. I believe he, he rewards sacrifice. He rewards obedience. So thank you for doing that. And by the way, uh, just so you'll know, it's, we were doing prayer meeting every night at 6.30. And uh, it just it gave us the ability to get people off work and get them here to help us with part of our, our teams that we had going on. So every Tuesday night, our normal prayer meeting night, we're just going to move that to 6.30. So that way people can get here. Still a one-hour prayer meeting. We're going to go from 6.30 to 7.30. And so, because everybody said, well, if you just move the time, we can make it. Well, we're going to move the time. And we're going to see how good you are. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to go from 6.30 to 7.30. And that'll hopefully, that because we got so much moving parts that takes place. We need media. We need worship teams. We need all that. Because we're not letting off. We're just going to press in a little further. Amen. So just help us with that. And uh, also, don't forget, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. Yeah, we're excited about that. That's going to be an, an amazing day. Uh, how many have been working on your resurrection seed? Been working on that? We're going to bring that next Sunday, and we just believe God for a great day. Believe God. How many How many you got some friends that just need Jesus? You ought to bring them next Sunday. Just bring them with you. Most, most, most people don't mind coming to church on Easter and Christmas, so it's a good time to ask them. Just say, hey, you might as well come on, you know, do your once a year thing and just come with me. So, uh, so it's going to be an amazing day. We're going to believe God for souls to be saved, lives to be changed. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet, if you would, please, and uh, grab your Bibles this morning. We're going to work. I want to go to another passage of Scripture this morning. I want to go to Luke. We were working out of Matthew in this particular series, but I want to go to Luke. And uh, it's the same it's, the, it's, it's, it's regarding the same text of what was in Matthew, but it's just got a little bit different perspective on it from Luke's perspective. And then we'll jump back over there to 2 Kings. We're believing God for some new things. So we're going to go with uh, Luke chapter 11, and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 14. Are you ready? And he was casting out a demon. This was Jesus. And he was casting out a demon, and it was mute. And when the demon had gone out, the mute man began, or the mute man spoke, and the crowds were amazed. 
But some of them said he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Others, to test him, were demanding of him a sign from heaven. But he knew their thoughts, and he said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a house divided against itself falls. Satan also is divided against himself. How will, this, how, will this, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? So they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are undisturbed. But when someone stronger than he attacks him and overpowers him, he takes away from him all of his armor, takes away from all of his armor on which he had relied and distributes his plunder. He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters. And when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, this is what we've been working on, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. Demons don't like to be bothered. Don't do nothing in here yet now. You might cause a demon to get stirred up next to you. We don't know everybody right now. They, they look for rest and not finding any. It says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it swept and put in order. Then it takes and it, go, and it goes and it takes along seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and they live there. And the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. I want to draw your attention back to verse number 20. Because I'm going to try to tie some of this together today. Verse number 20. Jesus said, but if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In this particular passage, Jesus is making a point. In essence, he's saying that part of the ministry of the kingdom includes casting out devils. It's part of the ministry of the kingdom. That's, that was one of the commissions that he gave to the disciples. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. So part of the ministry is to cast out devils. Now, I know we live in America and everything's sophisticated. But ladies and gentlemen, we got as many demons in America as any third world nation we know. Ours are just a little bit more high-tech and more sophisticated. Now, I want you to just notice here, he said, if I cast them out by the finger of God, the finger of God is really referencing the power of God. That's what the finger of God is. I believe the power of God is about to show up strong. I believe that. Now, let's go, let's go to 2 Kings real quick, and then I'll let you sit down and catch your breath a little bit. 2 Kings. Chapter 2, this is the scripture that we've been working from as well. And um, we're going to do our best to tie it all in today. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse number 19. Then the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold now, the situation of the city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the land is unfruitful. And he said, Bring me a new jar. Somebody shout a new jar. And put some salt in it. So they brought it to him, and he went out to the spring of water, and he threw salt in it. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, I have purified these waters, and there shall not be from there death 
or unfruitfulness any longer so that the waters have been purified same word for healed the waters have been healed to this day according to the word of Elisha according to the word of Elisha water represents the spirit the moving of the spirit the land was good but the spirit in the land was bad Jesus said if I by the finger of God cast out this devil then you're going to know that the kingdom of God has come upon you so we're talking about new outpourings because we're about to see some devils get cast out. And we're about to see the power of God get released in a greater dimension. Amen? Let me pray for you, Father, this morning. We thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for all those that have gathered. Thank you for those that are watching online, our online family. Thank you today, Lord, those that are listening by radio. Lord, we just give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Thank you for your presence, Lord. We never take for granted that you would even manifest among us. Thank you today that your presence was real. Your presence was tangible. Thank you for what you're going to do in this place today, Lord, as we come together over the word of God. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher, you're the teacher, you're the communicator, you're the revealer, you're the revelator of all truth. Thank you for what you're going to do now. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. I'm just going to take a little bit more time here and keep drilling down to build somewhat of this, what I call a foundation, just so that we can keep jumping off the edge here. But um, how many know that according to Scripture that uh, we find that the overall purpose of God's agenda and God's design for his church is to take up residence or to be planted in a territory or in a land so that in those particular places, the culture of the kingdom can be established. God wants the culture of the kingdom to be established, so he uses his church to manifest the culture of the kingdom. And through the culture of the kingdom, there is this release of what I'm just using these words so they don't become too spiritual, but there's a release of godliness that begins to get put in agreement over the atmosphere, and, there, and the atmosphere then begins to get stamped, if we can say it that way. The atmosphere begins to get stamped with the agreement of God in those places and in those territories, and then they become in line, or they come in line with the things of God. How many know that we are called to stamp the atmosphere with the goodness of God? So part of God's mandate and uh, part of his, his, his commissioning for every believer, for every church, is to bring into its assigned geographical location a local expression of a heavenly reality. That's what we're called to do. We're not here just to punch in our religious clog and say, oh, we went to church. No, we're on a mission. Got three amens. We're on assignment. And that is to stamp the region with the presence of God so by the things of God can be released over a people in a territory and the land become blessed. So every believer in every church is designed by God to be his agent of the kingdom and to release the influence of Christ into every sphere of society. This will be a working scripture for you. This will be on the screen. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 says that we are to manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him, Jesus, in every place. We are to manifest the sweet aroma of Christ in every place. Somebody shout every place. When people... 
when, when, when people get established by God in a place, and I'm just using this because we don't live in Tulsa, we don't live in Africa, we live right here in this place. This is our territory. And when you get established in a territory, when you get assigned to that territory, and you begin to get in agreement with God, then that territory collectively, through the agreement of God's people, begins to get stamped with the amen of God. And then whatever we agree with heaven on gets released in the earth. It gets released in that place. It gets released in that territory. So when people get established in a place, they don't come to reflect, watch this now, the aroma of that territory. We don't come to smell like the territory we're in. We come to release the fragrance of Christ, which is life, which is healing, which is deliverance, breakthrough. So when we get established, we're not coming here to look like the territory we've been called to deliver. We're not coming here to look and kind of like pair off and say, well, you know, we got to identify with the people that we're trying to win. No, you don't have to identify with nobody. You just be the light of Christ in the midst of the darkness, and people will gravitate to you. So, so, so we're called to these places, and this is our place, so that we can release the aroma of Christ. And just, let me just keep drilling this down just a little bit more, and then we're going to work it out. I say this to you because when the kingdom of God becomes manifested in a place that place gets, I'm just using this word because that's the only way that I can say it, that it gets stamped, that place gets stamped with the agreement of God and heaven and earth become one. When, when you get a collective body of people, just like what's in here right now, when you get a collective body of people that are not going their own individual ways, that are not trying to do their thing and you do your thing and I'm going to do my thing. But when we come collectively to do God's thing and we begin to focus our effort and our attention together, the, the, the atmosphere gets stamped with the agreement of God. Mm, I'm going to preach on this in a minute, so hang with me. It gets stamped with the agreement of God and heaven and earth become one. Let me put it to you this way. Heaven and this place become one. Hallelujah. So this will be on the screen for you. The goal of God is not just to bring us to Jesus when we die, but to manifest the life of Christ where we live. That's the goal of God. If God just wanted you in heaven, the moment you got saved, he should have held your nose. Huh? We should have just like let you check on out here. But that is not the ultimate intention of God is just to get you to heaven. That's part of it. But God's intention for you on the earth is to convert the earth to look like the heaven from which you arrived from. God wants to take the earth and manifest the glory of God in the earth. And he can't do that through people who have already died and gone to heaven. He's got to have some people that are alive on this planet. He's got to have a church that's alive. He's got to have a church that's got some zeal, that's got some passion, that's got some I want to do it kind of energy. 
And when you find the people like that, I don't know about you, but I've, I've, been, I've been in a lot of churches, preaching in a lot of different places. I, I've been in some dead churches, and, and, and God bless them. They, they need to go on to heaven because you're just taking up good air, taking up good space. And what we need in the earth, listen, let me tell you, let me put it this way. What the world needs around us is not a dead religion. They need something that's powerful. They need something that's alive. They need, they need to smell the Christ in you. Ask your neighbor, say, what do you smell now? <laughs> I started to tell a Jerry Clower joke, but I better move on. I ain't got time for all that. In fact, the church, it's amazing what runs through your mind. I hadn't even thought about Jerry Clower in, in a year, and that just ran through my mind. <laughs> he told the referee, how do I smell now? Anyway. In fact, the church, watch this now, the church is established. That's why God puts us here. He puts us here to be established to dislodge entrenched strongholds that have been embedded in this place, in those territories, and bring the rulership of Christ into those places by us agreeing with what God wants to do in the earth. Jesus said, if I cast out Satan by the finger of God, then you're going to know that a greater kingdom has come. You're going to know that something more powerful than Satan's kingdom has arrived. He says, how can you enter a strong man's house unless you first bind the strong man? In other words, Jesus is the stronger man. So Jesus comes and he binds the strong man, the devil, because he's the stronger man, now we get to go in and we plunder his goods. So let me, let me just work this out just a little bit. So when Satan was kicked out of heaven, he was cast into the earth to be under the foot of man. You can find that in Genesis 1.28. He was cast into the earth to be under the foot. Man had dominion in the earth, not Satan. It was mankind that had dominion on this planet, not the devil. The devil was cast into the earth, not to be over man, but to be under man. And before the fall, before Adam fell, Adam had dominion in the earth. Watch this. Because he was in agreement with heaven. Heaven and earth were in agreement. We are called to be the amen of God in the earth. We are called to be the amen of heaven in the earth. Whenever God speaks, we agree. Don't wait on this Pentecostal church here. When God speaks, we agree. Because there was agreement in the earth, there was no distance between heaven and earth. When Adam spoke, he sounded like God. When Adam spoke, he commanded like God. You can find that in Genesis 2.19. God brought all the animals to Adam to see what he would name them. And whatever he named them, God said, that's what I'll call it. Because there was no distance between heaven and earth. So when Adam spoke, he sounded like God. The difference between heaven and earth, now watch this, is not measured in miles or light years. 
when there's a distance between heaven and earth, it's because there's a difference. When there's a distance between you and God, it's because there's a difference. That difference is no agreement. So God created, watch this now, just let me work it out. I'm going to preach in a minute. I'm just making make sure this foundation is secure. God created heaven and earth to be as one. He created heaven and earth to be in agreement so close together that the Bible says in Isaiah 66 that heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. Remember when you was growing up, you had a chair? It wasn't like a recliner. Back in those days, you didn't have a whole lot of recliners, but you had a chair and you had them old footstools. Remember that? That footstool had to be close for you to touch it. So heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool because it's close. And when Adam transgressed, when he transgressed the law of God, he fell out of agreement with heaven. Now there is a difference. And now that there's a difference, there's a distance. All right? How many are with me so far? I ain't preaching yet. Just track with me. I want to make sure you're, you're drilling down with me because when we release this in just a few moments, you're going to see the heavenlies shift like you've never seen it before. When, when, when Satan usurped authority from Adam, he got out from under Adam's foot because that's where he belongs, under the foot of man. He got out from under the foot of man, and he found his lodging place in the air. Ephesians 2.2 2 says he's the prince and the power of the air. So he found his lodging place in the air because he got between heaven and the earth. So he's operating as the prince and the power of the air. He found his lodging place to intercept what God wanted to do in the earth. Because the devil knows that if something gets originated from heaven and it gets agreed with on the earth, it can't be stopped. He knows that. That's why Jesus comes along in the New Testament and he said, whatever you bind on earth will have already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth would have already been loosed in heaven. But you just, got in a, you just have to get in agreement with what heaven has already done. And if you'll get in agreement with what heaven has already done, you bypass the powers of hell. You, you override the prince and the power of darkness because he don't have the power to stop the agreement of God. So he positions himself. Now, watch this now. He positions himself between the will of God and the agreement of man so that when God releases something from the heavens, it travels through that spiritual realm and that's where we get into spiritual warfare. That's why praying is necessary. That's why every believer ought to be on a fast, not just once a year. You don't need to make it a corporate fast. I mean, you ought to, have a, you ought to, be, you ought to be living a fasted life. Because Jesus says some of these things don't come out but by prayer and fasting. That there, there are some dimensions that you have to deal with that you can't get it just because you got an education. You can't get it because you got a new app on your phone. <laughs> you can't get it because you know how to play TikTok. 
And I know what I'm play. You watch it. Somebody say he, he don't even know what TikTok is. I don't really. But I know you watch it. We got a generation that's growing up that thinks that the things of God can be dealt with because of our education. Because we're smart. We know stuff. I want to tell you something. There are things in the realm of the spirit your education will not get you through. Jesus said, if I cast out this, this, this devil, I'm going to cast it out by the finger of God. In other words, I'm going to exercise the power of God. When I exercise the power of God, I'm going to let the world know that a more powerful kingdom has arrived because there is no distance between me and God because we are in agreement. We are as one. That's why when Jesus walked on this planet, he did not walk as the son of God, though he was the son of God, but he walked on this planet as the son of man in agreement with God so he could cast out devils. He could open up the eyes of the blind. He could wipe leprosy off a body because he had enough power that was resident from the anointing of God flowing through him because there was no distance between him and heaven because they were as one. Just think about what that would look like right here in Sugartown. If, if we just had a church that said, you know what, we're going to agree with God as one. We're going to move as a unit as one. Whatever we bind, we'll be bound. Whatever we lose, we'll be loose. I'm telling you, we can start casting out devils. We can stamp the atmosphere with the agreement of God. We can break the cycles of pain and disruption and see a move of God like this region has never seen. I'm telling you, it can happen. Because we are the agents of the kingdom, authorized, deputized <laughs> to walk into places and territories and look at that devil and say, the finger of God is coming against you. The finger of God is about to deal with you. The reason why this becomes important to us, let me just work it out now, is because God can be summoned. God, God, God can be invoked into a place. Okay? He, 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 can, he, can, he, can, be, he can be brought into a territory. You don't believe me. Jesus put it this way. If I be lifted up, I would draw all men to me. So when you lift up the name of Jesus, people are not drawn because of your good singing. They're not drawn because of your good preaching. They're not drawn because of your education or your talent or your skill or your gift. They are drawn because there's a name that's above every other name. They're drawn because there's a power that's above all power. And so, so God gets drawn to a place. Now let me just, let me just stretch this. You know, if you're going to, Grow spiritually, you got to have the capacity. you got to stretch with it, right? So that means that the movements of God can be so strong and sustained to the point that the movements of God become culture. It becomes a part of who we are. Don't wait on i got about three amens. I need just one more maybe. I brought my own amens. I just don't want to pull them out this early. It's a little early right now. Buy a vow, do something. 
Let me give you a working definition. Culture. This will be on the screen. Culture is the totality of socially transmitted behavior patterns. It's a belief system. Culture is values, attitudes, and all other products of human work and thought. That's what a culture is. That's how cultures get developed. Culture is not only developed, but culture can be sustained based on a value system. If we really believe that God can do all things and we hang with that, we keep working that, that'll become a culture. And then it becomes sustained. I wouldn't serve a God that was hit and miss. Then he wouldn't have no power over any other entity. In fact, I wouldn't even waste my time going after something that I could do outdo. All right, now, this, here we go. Cultures are built and sustained by ongoing prevailing mindsets and dominant belief systems of a society. And I'm using the word society not as, a, as, a, as, a, as a, an American society. I'm using society as a church. When the church can develop certain mindsets, mentalities, schools of thought, collective conscience, when the church begins to move in that dimension, we develop a culture in our territory. We develop a culture in our region that says if you got a problem, we got an answer. <laughs> so the dominant purpose of preaching is not to make you feel good. <laughs> I'm going to pick on y'all right now because this is my mic now. The purpose of preaching is not to reinforce a dominant belief system of a worldly order. The purpose of preaching is to challenge the mindset so that you begin to think differently than the way you've been thinking. The purpose of preaching is to go against the status quo. The purpose of preaching is to pull down the arguments. That's a stronghold. The purpose of preaching is to pull down the arguments in your mind and let you know there is another system of thought that's bigger than your system of thought, that's bigger than the way you've been thinking about a thing. And so the purpose of preaching, and I know and I, I, I'm, I'm like that. I don't want nobody to be mad at me, but ladies and gentlemen, I fear God more than I fear people. So I'm not going to stand up here and just try to just try to ease something into you and just say, oh, I hope they get it. I hope they, hope, hope they come back. No, the purpose of preaching is to jump right up in the middle of your business and say, you can't act like that. You can't be like that. You can't smell like that. You ought to be releasing the fragrance of Christ. And I know we got to be careful. Vanessa talked about it. You got to be careful. We got some millennials out there because they don't want to be challenged. They don't want to have nothing put in there. They want everything easy. But can I tell you, this, this kingdom of God is suffering violence, but it's the violence that's going to take it by force. This kingdom is the kingdom that is forcefully advancing the culture of heaven into the earth. And just in case you don't know it, the devil is not your friend. And he will never be your friend and he will never be saved. And the moment you start making a deal with the devil, you have lost. I just saw that we were talking about it. Nike just came out with a, a demonic shoe. Y'all seen that? 
Nike's coming out with a demonic shoe. It's got a pentagram on the front of it. It's got a vial of blood, real human blood on it. And, and part of their slogan, part of their slogan is, it's better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. Yeah, that's Nike. Yeah, go ahead. Spend your money on it. That's Nike. I'm just trying to tell you, that's a mindset, that's a culture, that's an attitude. And that you can't, listen, you can't just, you can't just... You can't just stay in bed with that kind of stuff and act like it's going to be okay. And that's why you got to have some preachers that know how to stand up and say, you can have it another way. You can live your life a different way. You may be an outcast. You may not be accepted. You may not be liked. But at the end of the day, when God begins to move through you, the powers of hell get shaken and the kingdom of God begins to advance. Come on, push on somebody and tell them new outpourings, new outpourings. New outpourings, new outpourings. So, 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 so let, me, let me just finish here. Once a certain behavior has been developed and its value system is learned, you've got a, you've got a culture. We find this true in every fabric of society. Families have a culture. Do they not? Ethnic groups have a culture. Companies have a culture. Organizations have a culture. I mean, know that governments have a culture. Cities have a culture. Even nations have a culture. And the purpose of preaching is not to agree with the culture that you've been assigned to in that territory. So sometimes when the preaching comes, it comes against family cultures. It comes against ethnic cultures. It comes against organizational cultures. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that stands is the kingdom of God. Amen. So cultures, cultures are established, just working it out a little bit more. They're established by sustained Behavior. Once a behavior gets sustained, it becomes predictable. <laughs> Good or bad, it becomes predictable. Tell a child no, you know what they're going to do. That's an attitudinal problem. Right? It's a culture. I know y'all got angels. It's a culture. Because it's a sustained belief system. And if you let that child keep getting away with pouting and getting his way, you are developing a stronghold that a good education won't take out. Amen. Preach on, preacher. So if a culture is determined, just a little bit more here, and then we're going to let this thing rock. If a culture is determined by a belief system, then it must be possible to create a kingdom culture by a belief system that will manifest the things of God frequently and easily. Hmm. In the kingdom of God, miracles are not specialties. In the kingdom of God, miracles are common. Jesus said it's like eating bread. Watch this now because this is going to set us free. 
the devil makes us fight for miracles. But in the kingdom of God, miracles are common. It's like daily bread. It's part of the kingdom. Let me show you something. Go with me to Matthew real quick. Let me show you a scripture here just to kind of lay it out here. Matthew 15, verse number 21. And when Jesus went from there, he went into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite, this is verse number 21. And the Canaanite woman from that region came out and began crying out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. And he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, send her away because she keeps shouting at us. And he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down. That word bow down literally means worship. She came and began to worship before him, saying, help me, Lord. And he answered and he said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, you know what, Lord, if you're going to pick on me, go ahead and pick on me. I know I'm a dog, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus said to her, woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. Watch this. She was asking for a healing. She was asking for deliverance. We call healing a miracle, Jesus calls it bread. <laughs> he said, it's not good to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. He said, yeah, truth, Lord, because she was a Gentile. They were considered dogs in that culture. So she said, yeah, Lord, I'm a dog. But even the dog feeds on the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Jesus had to spin around and said, I ain't never seen this kind of faith. This is crazy faith. This is faith that'll get you a miracle. This is the faith of the kingdom of God because eating bread, it's like eating bread. It's a common staple in that culture. Bread was common. You ate it with every meal. It just goes with every meal you got. And Jesus is saying, miracles are not specialty. It's like eating the bread. Jesus said in John, I am the bread of life. So when you get into the digesting him, Oh, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we're trying to fight for something we already got. We're trying to beat ourselves to death for something that we already possess. But there's about to be some agreement. There's about to be a climate that's going to get stamped. And the finger of God is going to overrule the powers of hell. Come on, tell somebody it's a new outpouring. It's a new outpouring. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's a new outpouring. The, this will be on the screen for you. You're going to love this. The will of God for the earth is the same as it is for heaven. I'm telling you, I can run a lap right now. I'm telling you. The will of God for the earth is the same as it is for heaven. The, the, the reality of what God desires to see in the earth is the same reality of heaven. Dominion, authority, joy, peace, wisdom, health, wholeness. Got about three amens. The rest of y'all, I don't know where y'all at. Abundance. Jesus would have never threw this prayer on us if it didn't have some validity to it. He told his disciples, he said, when you pray, this is how I want you to pray. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth like it is in heaven. So whatever the will of God is for heaven, that's the will of God for the earth. But we don't get it down here because the prince and the power of the air, Ephesians 2.2, Satan is camping out in that spiritual realm between heaven and the earth and he's blocking the agreement of man because we've been so conditioned and so culturalized in what we've been raised in, what we've been taught with. And so now we have to be, we have to be retrained, we have to relearn that the kingdom of God does not operate like the kingdoms of this world. The kingdom of God is separate than the kingdoms of this world. The kingdom of God is bigger than a doctor's report. The kingdom of God is bigger than a financial report. The kingdom of God is bigger than a business report. The kingdom of God will super exceed everything, but there has to be some agreement to stamp a climate, to stamp the atmosphere so that the powers of God flow freely and unhindered. I'm I know we're not there yet, but we're working on it. Am I right about it? We're working on it. That's why we're doing this. We're working on it because when revival comes, when the moves of God come, you've got to have a people that know how to sustain what God has started. I'm going to show you that in a minute if we get some time here. I'm going to show you. Revival's breaking out all over the world. It really is. It really is. And it's coming into places where people don't have near the education that we got. And that's not a slam against them. They just don't have access. They don't have privy. So this will be on the screen. Woven together inside your spiritual DNA is an appetite for the impossible that cannot be ignored. Mm. Mm. I love to pray for people. It gives God a chance. You know, I... Let's just call the preacher and get him down here to pray. What happened to your prayer? Y'all ain't going to wear me out. I can tell you that right now. I can't go to every birthday party. can't go to every event. can't go to every time somebody needs a prayer. And neither can you. There's enough anointing on the inside of you. You got to get in agreement. Start lining the earthly realm up with the heavenly realm. And the access of God begins to move freely. We're not here to surrender our place, our territory, to an outlawed, usurping, trespassing spirit. We're here to stamp our region with the agreement of heaven and overthrow strongholds, and this is where I want to go today, and break cycles. Break cycles. In order to break cycles, you have to tear down existing strongholds. We've dealt with that for the last two weeks. I preached on strongholds. That has been created by the way you've been thinking because you were born into a system that created your thought patterns. You were born into a family that had a way of thinking. And the more you stay cultivated in that, the more you began to get conditioned to that, the more you begin to think like that. This will be on the screen for you. Our minds must be exposed to the truth of another system that is superior to the system that you were born into. How many know that other system is the Word of God? The Word of God is truth. 
truth extends to us a different way of thinking. And it, and it, it exposes us to another system unlike the systems that's been shaping the way we think. How many of you would just be honest with me? How many ever prayed a prayer and said, I hope it works? <laughs> the rest of y'all, y'all need a healing, deliverance, devil casting out, lying spirit. How many of you ever kind of just went into a prayer like, man, I hope that works? It's because the truth is not so strong in us. We just pray and we hope it works. I can't. I've done that. I'm not saying I haven't done that, but in, in, in my later years, I don't get that luxury. When I walk into a situation to lay hands on something, I walk up in there fully expecting, fully expecting God to do something. Say, so well, what if it don't work? Then I just, I, it ain't on me. I can't heal nothing anyway. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. This is the last thing I'm going to say about strongholds. Strongholds, this will be on the screen, are the arrogant, rebellious ideas and attitudes that oppose us the will of God. They're arguments that always go against the true knowledge of God. That's what a stronghold is. That's what it does. It gets wrapped in your mind. So that when you hear a preacher stand up and start saying truth, automatically, if there's a stronghold in there, you begin to resist it. And when you, when you start resisting truth, then you got to know you're in agreement with a lie. And that's part of the reason why our nation is in such shape that it's in, because we are agreeing with lies. We are agreeing with lies that are coming down from the top down. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I don't, have a, I don't have a problem saying it because it's true. I don't have to make up nothing. Our, our governmental system is full of lies. And this ain't the first administration that's been full of lies. We've, been, we've had all kinds of systems that have been full of lies. And the only thing that can convert that and move through that is the knowledge of God's truth. And that can only come through God's people who stand up and begin to determine we ain't settling for that anymore. <laughs> you can't change a generation if you live under the same mentality of that generation. You can't be delivered if you keep calling it it's normal. When our values, when our ethics and our worldviews are the same as that of the world that we've been called out from, then we don't have the power to change it. There has to be a different value. There has to be a different ethnic system. There has to be something that we esteem higher than the system that we've been brought out of. Now, this is where we're going to get the cycles. Someone look at somebody and say, we're going to break some cycles. We're going to break some cycles. All right, here you go. I got but a few minutes left. A cycle is an interval. This will be on the screen. I got a lot of stuff on the screen for you, so take a note, snapping pictures, whatever you got to do. A, a cycle is an interval during which a reoccurring sequence of events happen. It's a sequence of events that happens over and over at a certain time. Now watch this. This is going to be on your next screen. Cycles will break when you decide how far you're willing to go based on who or what you're willing to leave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm telling you, cycles will break when you decide, when you decide how far you're willing to go and who you're willing to leave behind. 
and what you're willing to leave behind. Because if you're not willing to walk away from it, if you're not willing to walk away from them, then the cycles in your life will be reoccurring events and they will come around. You'll keep watching around that same old mountain and God don't care if you're there for 40 years. He'll bury you in the sand because God will have the power to break it, but you have to decide, I'm not going around this mountain another day in my life. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And, and you can say, well, I, I just, I'm waiting on God. No, God's waiting on you to make up in your mind to get in agreement with heaven and say, this is as far as I'm going to take it. This is as far as I'm going to push through this. I'm going to allow the spirit of God, the finger of God. I'm telling you, we're going to help some people. If you want to break lust, if you want to break perversion, if you want to break pornography, if you want to break homosexuality, if you want to break alcoholism, if you want to break drugs, if you want to break those things, you have to decide how far you're willing to run with a crowd that's bringing you back to a cycle, a trained thought, a school of thought that's kept you bound. And when you decide, things in your life will change. Things in your life will turn out. I thank you for all y'all's enthusiasm. I got about five of y'all that are enthusiastic. The rest of y'all, y'all need to break some cycles. You need to break the cycle. I need to get happy again because the power of God, the finger of God will cast it out. You say, I don't have no devil. Yes, you do. You're influenced by devils. He just said, I had a devil. You're influenced by it. You're in, the kingdom, one of the, one, of the, one of the prerequisites of the kingdom of God that has arrived is devils get cast out. Quit trying to, well, I got a victimized mentality. I can't help what they did to me. I can't help how I grew. You can't help those things, but you can change things today. Amen. Tell somebody a cycle's got to be broken. Let me say it to you this way. If you never had to leave anybody or leave something behind, you're not in a season. You're in a cycle. Because everybody in your life is not going to go with you. And not everybody in your life is going to want you to grow. Yeah. Keep hanging out on that lower level, and you start acting like that lower level. Environment, atmosphere, it's everything. How many of Satan was the anointed cherub in heaven? He's the chief music director. So music is a big thing to him. The music we got, the number one song in America, WAP. <laughs> I said, WAP, WAP. Y'all want me to say it? I ain't going to do it. I'm, that's the number one song. I, I, all right. How many know if you if you like country, in which I do, I like all of it. I like it. But how many know if I keep listening to a tear in my beer? <laughs> she done left me with him. Didn't like him. Found another boyfriend that was my cousin. Came back around. Saw her in the bar the other day and picked her back up, but she already had another boyfriend that I didn't know about when she left me the first time. How I many know you keep listening to that? Next thing you know, that's going to be your lifestyle. You ain't got to say, man. I'm telling you, because 
He's the chief musician. He knows what it takes to push your buttons. How many know? <laughs> Dropped that booty all night in the club. How many know? Listen to that all night long. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. Take that, you know, just, 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 you know, move that booty, whatever you want to call it. Shake that booty. Next thing you know, you're going to be dropping your booty. Y'all ain't got to say nothing because I know I'm right about it. Because he, he, he is the influencer of that demonic realm. Listen, when you go shopping, you know what they play? They play spending money, spending music. They make you get in there, and they want you to spend money. So they play spending music. Makes you, and if they want to, when they want to close it down, they start slowing the music down so they get you out. This ain't, this ain't even Bible. This is scientific evidence. They have studied you. They know what it takes to move you emotionally so that you will do what they want you to do. It's influenced by the devil. And we just act like, well, it ain't no big deal. It's just a song. No, it's getting in between your ears and it's pushing down in your spirit. And the next thing you know, you act like just what you're listening to. Then it becomes a train of thought. It becomes a mindset. Then it becomes a stronghold. Now you got a culture. Woo. <laughs> All right. Let's get off that. That wasn't even on my notes. I don't even know where that came from. This will be on the screen. When, when you start agreeing with God, then the cycle breaker shows up. Woo. When you start saying, I ain't going to do that, I ain't going to hang out with that, I ain't going to do that, the cycle breaker shows up. Because you're, you're, you're not strong enough against the devil by yourself. Listen, I know, you, I know you're big and you're bad and glow in the dark, but you can't handle the devil by yourself. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you can't, you can't whip the devil by yourself. You're going to need a higher power that's resident on the inside of you. You can go through all the self-help programs you want, but at the end of the day, you got that draw, you got that twinge, you got that tick that's driving you somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really want to preach, but y'all, some of y'all getting scared now, so I won't have to hurry. Mark chapter 10, remember the story of blind Bartimaeus? He was calling out to Jesus, and the whole crowd was calling out to Jesus. And blind Bartimaeus began to call out to Jesus. And Jesus heard his voice in the midst of all those other voices because faith carries a certain sound. Because when you're tired of being tired and you begin to cry out, <laughs> Bartimaeus was crying out, and everybody around him, come on, church folk, Everybody around him was telling him to be quiet. I just, I, I can't wait till the day when some of y'all come in here and you look down your row and say, listen, if y'all, listen, if you want it tame, you better find you a back row because this row is about to get flipped upside down for Jesus right here. If you want it safe, you better find you. When we get that new church built and we got them big old balconies, you better go sit up in the balcony somewhere because we're about to flip this thing upside down because ain't nobody going to tell me to how to praise. Ain't nobody going to tell me to how not to praise. Nobody's going to shut my voice up. When I'm in desperate need of a move of God, I'm going to open up my voice. I'm going to lift my hands, and I'm going to begin to declare, Son of David, have mercy on me. I'm telling you. That's when you begin to stamp the climate with the agreement of God. 
This will be on the screen. I know we got to go. This will be on the screen. Stop allowing people who cannot change your predicament to dictate your behavior. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I ain't nobody's boy. I ain't nobody's slave. I ain't nobody's somebody. I am a child of the Most High God. I answer to him. I am under authority, and I rule authority over me. But at the end of the day, you can't tell me how to praise him. You can't dictate my behavior. When I've got a mess on my hands, I'm going to learn how to lift my voice because I've got some cycles in my life, and I need the cycle breaker. I need somebody more powerful than me to show up. Need it, I need it, I need it. This will be on the screen for you, just working it out. The quality of your life will be determined by the voices you choose to ignore. It's the quality of your life. It's going to be determined by the voices you choose to ignore. Blind Bartimaeus, hey, you got to be quiet. You've got to be quiet. That's Jesus. He ain't got time for you. You're a blind man. you got to be quiet. You got I just choose to ignore whatever you're telling me because I've got things in my life that you can't help. I got things in my life that you can't fix. You can take me to a doctor. You can take me to a psychiatrist. You can take me to any institution. But at the end of the day, this cycle is going to need the cycle breaker. Yes, it is. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Remember her? Bible says for 12 years, she had a blood flow, a blood issue. She was hemorrhaging for 12 years. And the Bible says she began to press her way through the crowd. By law, Levitical law, if she stepped out of her house, she could have been stoned to death and nobody would have said nothing about it. It was law, Levitical law. She should have been stoned to death because she was bleeding from the place of intimacy. I wonder how many people in this place they are bleeding from a place of intimacy with the Lord. And the world will tell you to stay inside. That's what they tried to tell us with corona. Stay inside. No, I'm bleeding. I got to find the cycle breaker. She began to press her way through the crowd. And the Bible says she touched the hem of his garment. And when she touched it, Jesus has got a crowd around him. When she touched the hem of his garment, he spins around to his disciples and he said, who touched me? And the disciples said, Lord, they're all thronging on around you. They're all pressing into you. They're all touching you. He said, no, no, you don't understand. Faith has a touch. Faith has a feel. Oh, my Lord. When, you, when somebody reached out to me in faith and they weren't concerned about what they looked like, they weren't concerned about what the law said, they were needing a cycle breaker. The problem was not the normal flow of her blood, the problem was her cycle. Her rhythm was off. Women menstruate. Huh. Y'all gonna make me qualify everything? <laughs> she was bleeding. It was normal. But the problem was her cycle was off. Wasn't supposed to bleed continuously. What should have been a normal activity at the right time, now it's off. And she's been suffering with a cycle for 12 years because it was in a wrong cycle. 
But when she got tired of public criticism, when she got tired of anti-God laws, Y'all ain't hearing me. You ain't hearing me. When she got tired of being boxed into a house where there was no authority and no power, she said, I'm going to but touch the hem of his garment. And in 12 seconds, what was locked into her life for 12 years was eradicated because the cycle breaker showed up. Yes, he will. He'll show up. I, don't, I was going to turn there, but we won't have time. In Luke 13, I'll give you one more. This, this all just came to me this morning. Luke 13, 11, there was a woman that came to church consistently to the temple for 18 years, and she was bent over for 18 years and couldn't straighten up. Don't judge her too quick because we all have places that we ain't walking straight in. What couldn't happen in 18 years happened in 18 seconds. You know what Jesus did? He cast the devil out. Some of this sickness we got in our world today is devils. Y'all ain't got to say, man, I know where I'm going. All of our problems and all of our enemies should have an expiration date. Nothing in your life should be permanent other than him. The walls of Jericho had an expiration date. Goliath had an expiration date. The children of Israel locked up in Egypt had an expiration date. If it's permanent, it's not of God unless it is God. Break it. We need to get ready. Pastor Porty Mark will come. Let me, uh, I ain't done, but I'm going to have to quit because I want to honor your time. Let me just push this on you just for a moment while they're getting ready. While everybody watches them, they go to that far left door over there. They all going to go in there in single file. Everybody just watch them because, you know, we've never seen that before. That's, that's new. You said new things. That's See, what, what you don't stand against, you start agreeing with. And when you start agreeing with it, you give it permission to exercise its authority. Amen. So when the church fails to exercise its authority, we end up being ran over by wrong spiritual forces that come to wear us out. Then all we have is weak believers, struggling saints that's tired and don't have any influence. I was so moved by what I've been working on. You know, we're on the radio from... 10 to 11.30, and that's, that's the only slot they had available when we got it back, when we did our first outside service in the midst of the whole COVID-19 stuff. I called the station manager earlier this week, and I've been on him, I've been on him, I've been calling him for a while now. I said, hey, we need that other 30 minutes. <laughs> we need to go from, we're we shutting down at 11.30, people People just barely get my open introduction. <laughs> they just, about, about the time I hit my first real note, we signing off. I said, we need that other 30 minutes. He said, it's already bought up. He said, it's un under contract. I said, I said, I got it. I understand. I said, but 
can you just watch out for us because we want to get on the air. Because I felt something. We want to push back the prince and the power of the air. And I like WAFC. I, I got it. It's one of my channels. I listen to my tea and my beer. I got it. I got it. I'm not against it. I said, we need that other 30 minutes. And I didn't tell him this because in my spirit, I'm like, we need to keep pushing on that atmosphere. So when old Junior's out there about to throw that cast, the power of God <laughs> going to shoot in that boat. He says, is that possible? You better believe it is. Because when you start stamping the atmosphere with the agreement of God, he said, it's under contract. We can't do it right now. He said, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to watch out for you. I said, God, give us favor. Let him watch out for us. He said, as soon as it comes open, I'm going to call you because we got a good working relationship. I'm going to keep you guys on the air. I had another guy inbox me the other day on, 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 on Messenger. He says, hey, I know you don't know me, but we got this radio station. I checked it out. It's up there up north. He says, we're like in like... 48 different states. He said, we came by your broadcast. I don't know what, how they did that, how that happened. He says, we heard it, and I'm just going to offer you an opportunity to go to 48 different states and over like in something like 70 or 80 different countries. Yeah. Because we're going we're gonna to wear spiritual forces out. This is what I want to tell you, then we'll go. I know, I know it's a little bit over time, but if we have struggling, weak believers all the time that carry no influence, what happens is we end up preaching to the soulish realm rather than to the spiritual realm. And what happens, people live out their Christian walk only in a soulish realm based on their feelings. That's good preaching right there. It's based on their feelings. And then what happens is everything gets gauged and measured by their feelings. And the problem with that is we get addicted to therapy rather than truth. That's what happens. We get addicted to therapy. We get, a, we get addicted to therapy rather than counsel. Truth is counsel. The difference between therapy and counsel is that therapy comes to make you feel okay about feeling bad. It makes you feel good about why you're feeling bad. Counsel, according to Proverbs 25, counsel is in the heart of a man like deep waters. But a man of understanding will draw it out. Counsel is not just about letting somebody else talk to you and eat up your time. Because most of the time, the more they talk, the more they fortify the way they feel. Come on, I'm helping somebody. The more they talk, the more they fortify the way they feel. Counsel comes to draw you out of the solical realm and into the realm of the spirit, which is truth. 
Because as long as you keep validating your feelings, then you will never come out of the feeling realm. Because truth will bypass your feelings. And when we say we got to have people of influence, we got to have people that are not tired and weak, we got to have a church that understands I'm not just getting therapy, I'm getting the counsel of the Lord and it's drawing the truth of God out of my spirit. And I'm not going to be addicted to therapy where I'm always blaming somebody. I've got a victimized mentality. I'm always putting the blame on somebody else rather taking responsibility and saying, no, I'm going to receive truth. I'm going to get it into my heart and I'm I'm going to break a cycle in my life because I'm going to allow the cycle breaker to show up. Come on, if you believe that, give him praise one time. Come on, get on your feet and give him praise. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're about to see a church in full dimension. About to get there. Every child believes that their experience or their experiences are normal. Just because that's been your experience doesn't make it normal. When you were raised in an environment that becomes acceptable, even though it's not right, you accept it and you make it normal. Now that controlling spirit is over you. It's driving you. And I don't mean this in no ill way, but I'm just trying to work on some examples. But how many know you could take a young girl raised in the house where having three or four babies and not married, and you are a young girl raised in that, you start calling that normal. It's not normal. That's your experience. You can take a child raised in poverty. He don't know he's raised in poverty until he sees something different. He didn't know he was poor until he got around his friends. Because I've learned this in life. People run with the people that are like them. Yeah. Proverbs 13.20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise but a companion of fools will be destroyed. You know thugs run together? Drug dealers run together? Faith people run together. Yeah. So the environment has to be protected. If not, I stay in the cycle and I keep blaming everybody around me. No, the cycle breaker's here. I've got plenty more. Next week is Easter. We're not even going to go down this road. Next week is Easter. We'll go down a different road. But I was going to talk to you about if we had time. We're just pressing it. But there are cities all over the world. And I got the stats. I got the figures. I, I, I wrote it all out. I took my time and did the research. And revival is moving. It's moving. If you think that the church of Jesus Christ is dead, you are on the wrong planet. The church is not dead. It's fully alive. Amen. Come on, one time, just throw your hands up and begin to magnify the Lord right there. Come on, we're going to break some cycles. Come on, we're going to break some cycles. 
in the name of Jesus. Just lift your voice. You know where you're at. You know what's going on. Just say, Lord, I surrender that to you today. I surrender all that I am, all that I have. Something's moving. Something's changing. We see his glory. It feels like heaven on earth. Something's moving. Something's changing. We see his glory. Feels like heaven on earth. Something's moving. Something's changing. We see his glory. Feels like heaven on earth. Something's moving. Something's changing. We see his glory. Feels like something's moving. Something's moving. Something's changing. We see his glory. Feels like heaven on earth. Something's moving. Something's changing. We see his glory. Feels like heaven on earth. Let's do this real quick, just so that for an amount of time, but we can do this in corporate unity. Just stretch your hands across to somebody, grab them by the hand if you don't mind. If you don't mind doing that, just we just want to come into an agreement with heaven. There's people in here that's got some issues. you got some cycles that need to break. We're just going to put a corporate anointing on it. Is that all right? We're just going to get an agreement with you right yeah. now. We're going to put a corporate anointing on it. We're going to begin to lift up the name of Jesus, and we're going to break those cycles. Now, if you will confess that cycle to the Lord and say, God, I'm open now. I'm open now, and I want Jesus, the cycle breaker, to show up. There's going to be agreement of the anointing right here. And it's just going to begin to flow from hand to hand until every cycle gets broken in the name of Jesus. Now, I need you to pray like somebody's life depended on it. I need you to pray like something was about to shake and loose over their life in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's lift our voice right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that every cycle... It's being snatched out. Every cycle is being broken today. Lord, we pray that the finger of God, that the finger of God would show up in the middle of their mess, show up in the middle of their cycle, and break its grip, break its power, break its influence, break the reoccurring habits, break the reoccurring thoughts, Break the sequence of events. Break it now in the name of Jesus. And let the freedom of the Holy Spirit, let the freedom of the finger of God drive it far from them. Drive it out of their life. Drive it out of their thought. Break the stronghold. Break the grip. Break it now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, squeeze that hand like there's some power. Squeeze that hand like there's some power. There's some power. Holy Ghost power comes to your house, comes to your resident, comes to your body, comes to your dwelling, comes to your place now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, loose them, loose them and let them go. Come on now, just give God a great big praise. We know it's done. We agree with heaven. 
Something's changing. changing. We see His glory. See Feels like heaven on earth. Something's moving. Something's changing. We see His glory. Feels like there's lightning. There is lightning and thunder. There's miracles and wonders. The sound of many waters. Heaven on earth. There is lightning and thunder, miracles and wonders, the sound of many waters. Something's moving, something's moving, something's changing. We see His glory, feels like heaven on earth. Something's moving, something's changing. See His glory, feels like heaven on earth. How many believe that right there? How many believe that for real? Yeah. Amen. Just look at somebody telling this new dimensions, new outpourings. It's a new shift over your life. Hallelujah. Hey, we're working on something, ladies and gentlemen. We're working on something. We're working on something. We're working on it. The power of God is going to be on display. I want to do this real quick. We're going to go. I want to pray for Helen and Russ. These guys are, y'all leave today, right? Tuesday night. Okay, well, come on. We're going to pray over you anyway. We just, I know y'all, I thought y'all was leaving today, but let's just do this. Man, you talking about an amazing couple? Yes. Woo, right here. Yes. These, these guys, they come, they come to prayer meeting, they come to church, and they just, they live in Illinois. I can't name the, the name of your city, but it's about an hour north of St. Louis, Illinois, up there. Come down here to get in God's country, where the Spirit of God is moving. You can't move in that cold weather up there. Just. You know what? I just want to say this to you guys. I know y'all haven't been here, but maybe a little over a year, I think. Two years. It's been three years. It's been three years? Okay, I just, I just showed up. I just got here. But I feel like we have known you guys all of our lives. I really do. What a fit. What a fit. What a fit. And, and I know Russ has, he, he's involved in politics up there in Illinois. He's on a city council. Is it the county, city, count, county board up there? So he's, he's one of them three to five percent in top places to control the climate. Amen. So why don't some of you guys and ladies, if you don't mind, let's just gather around. You guys just stay in your hands this way. We don't want to pray with them. They're going to leave Wednesday morning, so we just want to bless them. They'll be up there for a few more months. So, Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you for Russ and Helen. What a gift. What a gift they are to the body of Christ. What a gift they are to us. And more importantly, what a gift they are to the kingdom of God. So, Father, we thank you for the anointing that's on their life. And, God, we just pray now, even as they travel back home, Lord, that the traveling mercies of the Lord will be upon them. Lord, as they go back to a place of assignment, Lord, whatever that is and however that works, Lord, that you've planted them in that territory. Lord, you've raised, you've raised Russ up, Lord, and put him in a place of authority to make decisions that will rule and reign righteously, godliness. And, Father, we just thank you for them. And Lord, we just release a fresh anointing over their life, a fresh outpouring of your grace, a fresh outpouring of your spirit. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that they're a part of our family. They're a part of this house. 
Lord, they, they, are, they are as much a part of this house as anybody here because they have submitted, they have committed. Lord, and we thank you for what you're doing in their home. Thank you for what you're doing even in their personal family. And, Lord, we just release the power of God, the anointing of God to go with them, to go before them. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everybody together said amen. 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 We love these guys. We love them. We love them. Hey, Tuesday night, we'll be back here for prayer at 6.30, 6.30 to 7.30 on Tuesday night. We are stamping the atmosphere with the agreement of God. God bless you. We love you. Next Sunday is Easter. Have an amazing week. We'll see you soon.